My name is Molly McCartney. I'm an intuitive medium, the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Empower Your Wisdom, and the founder of the Empowered Wisdom School. This show was created for women who wish to trust their intuition so they can follow their higher calling and their bliss without fear, doubt, and disempowering relationships holding them back. If you're a spiritual woman with a business or career in any field and a higher calling you've been working towards, and you want to be featured on the show to inspire others with your story, go to empoweredwisdomshow.com. For now, please enjoy today's show, and don't forget to subscribe for daily inspiration from our very special guests. Hello and welcome to the Empowered Wisdom Show. This is your host, Molly McCartney, and today we are talking about badass boundaries and radical self-care. Um, my guest is Sandra Possing. She's a life coach, speaker, and entrepreneur, and we're going to talk about um, how important it is to have those boundaries and self-care practices in place when you are spiritually sensitive, whether you're HSP, um, uh, highly insensitive, in highly sensitive intuitive, not insensitive, um, or a healer uh, that is just making their way in the world. Maybe you have empath um, qualities that overwhelm you. Um, it's so important to understand how to have boundaries with the people in your world, boundaries with the online world. Um, there's just so many things that are important about taking care of your spirit and taking care of your energy. So that's what we're all about today. Uh, Sandra's going to share her story about how she helps people with that and also how she struggles with that. And, and maybe um, we'll get her some, some inspiration today to help her out as well. So welcome, Sandra. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm feeling great today. Good, good. Glad to have you on the show. So uh, why don't you share about what you do in your coaching practice and how you how you also inspire people through speaking and doing doing the other things that you do? Yeah. So I've been in this game for a little over 10 years now, which kind of makes me feel like a dinosaur grandma <laughs> in the coaching space, which is still like in its infancy. Um, but it it's just been such a joy because I've gotten to experience what it's like to be able to basically have my business be an expression of who I am. Not that it was like that from day one <laughs> by any means, but it's kind of like day by day, I get to be more and more of who I am and um, have that be part of the offering itself is like modeling that authenticity, embracing all of the quirks and the weird things that make me, me to give my clients permission to do the same in their own way, in their own lives. But basically as a life coach, I'm helping people really understand who they are and get clear on what they want and then move toward it in some sort of steady fashion. I work with um, a lot of it's a big mix of people. Like I'm one of those people who kind of never really niche niched down, even though the, you know, the common wisdom in the marketing world is like niche down, niche down, niche down. I was kind of like, every time I tried, it just didn't, it didn't fit. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I understand you know? that. It's like people um, just come out of everyone's like, there's soul contracts going on here. I can't help totally. who, who comes to me. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, some of them are nine to fivers. Some of them are entrepreneurs or creative. Some of them are parents. Some of them are, you know, older, younger, all genders. So it's like, I've never been able to identify a specific demographic, but it's more like the psychographic of it's people who are, they're often relatively new to personal development, which I absolutely love. Cause I, I'm like, let me be your guide. <laughs> like, <laughs> welcome to the magical portal of, of everything that is personal development. So I get to kind of be this like introduction to a lot of interesting tools and just ways of being like a whole new paradigm for folks who are new to it. And I get to just show them like really simple, practical ways that they can show up as more authentically who they really are. A lot of them have to do some serious digging and shedding. And like, we, we do a lot of unpacking of old identities 
you know, I get these, like I'm up in the Bay area. So I get a lot of like high achieving, successful Bay area professionals, executives, and people who have created these on paper, like perfect lives. You know, they got Mm. the kids and the house and the lake house and the car and the fancy career and the money. And they're like miserable. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they don't know why, because they're like, I should be grateful. What is like, what am I missing? And yeah. so it's kind of like un, untangling a lot of the identity that they created and helping them actually come back home to who they are. It's like, I feel like I'm leading people across this bridge from a world of shoulds to back home to themselves, which is such a cool thing to witness. It's such an honor. And then once we get more clear on who they are, then it starts to become more clear on what they what they actually want. You know, they've spent a lot of time chasing all the things they thought they should want that society or parents or expectations have conditioned us to believe that we're supposed to go after. And then they like, it's it's almost like these like shy kids coming out of the woodwork being like, but like, am I allowed to actually want this thing over here? And I'm like, yes, you can just like, and so it's like giving them permission to, to acknowledge their actual desires and then to start chipping away and moving toward them. And sometimes it ends up being like a huge life transformation and kind of dramatic. You know, they'll quit their job. They'll start a business. I've had people move to a different country, move to a different state. Most of the time though, it's like these tiny little baby steps and little incremental upgrades and little tweaks that over time help them come into better and better alignment. Absolutely. Yeah. I've seen that as well. And I think it's, it's really cool to, to notice that, that sometimes it is like, okay, I'm ready to take the leap and I need someone to hold me accountable to that, to encourage me to do that. And, and that's something that intuitive development and uh, boundary development and just, yeah, just self-development, getting to know yourself, starting that self-inquiry process is so important. And it is sometimes, well, on the weekends, I just want to go out in the woods and be by myself sometimes, or I want to take totally. a hike, or I want to start a new hobby, and I, w- I want to start beating, you know, or I want to start painting. Um, and it's, that's the thing that's missing. And and it's different for everybody, what's going to bring that, that kind of happiness. So I love that you work yeah. on all those levels, because I certainly, we're in the same club, sister. So. <laughs> <laughs> and oftentimes, cool. you know, somebody comes in and they think they need one thing, they think, oh, you know, I need to, I, I don't like my job. I need to switch to a different company or I need a different role in my nine to five. And then we do a little digging and it turns out they just needed to start painting on the weekends. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're missing something. They're missing that yeah. creative it's like expression. an aliveness. Yes. Same thing with relationships. Some people will say, oh, I don't know about this, you know, my, my marriage, I'm thinking about divorce. I'm thinking about this. And it's like, and I might do a reading on it. It's like, you guys are just, you need your own thing. You, you're looking too much for, you know, everything in each other. And that's the only thing that's wrong. Everything else is fine. So you yeah. just never know, you know, sometimes it goes the other way, but very, very cool work. I love that. So, um, so you've been doing this 10 years and um, can you share a little bit about what brought you to this work? Cause we all have our own calling to, to serve others. Um, what was your aha moment? Like, oh, this is what I need to do. This is what will make me happy. <laughs> oh man, my my journey was not linear. Let's put it that way. Like, you know, <laughs> when you talk not. to people, yeah, like every now and then there's someone who knows coming out of the womb what they were meant to be. But um, I was one of the people who really, I spent most of my twenties, I would say like, you know, I jokingly say I was like walking around San Francisco, bumping into buildings, being like, nope, not this. Oh, nope, definitely not that. <laughs> I went to UCLA. I, uh, I grew up down in LA, 
went to UCLA and moved up to the Bay Area and just kind of like, you know, started doing whatever I could think to do. I did IT recruiting for a while. I was in finance for a while, which is hilarious. Now looking back at it, I'm like, so not a finance person. Um, although I was, I was in like the least sexy part of finance. I was selling life insurance and disability. I was and like, in insurance also. Yes. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I was like, Commercial. I my, my series six, my series 63, which looking back at that now, I'm like, oh, I could not have been a worse fit for that whole industry. Right. But I, <laughs> but I appreciate it. It taught me a lot about, you know, the importance of insurance and protection and things, but it took a long time. It took a lot of like, you know, trial and error. And just basically I was doing like a process of elimination and trying things and being like, nope. And then eventually through that process, I recognized that, wait a minute. Okay. I'm from Sweden. Originally, my whole family is back in Scandinavia. I love to travel. I grew up traveling. I'm like, you know, been back and forth between California and Scandinavia my whole life. I was like the whole nine to five, two weeks of vacation a year thing. I was like, that's not going to work for me. I need to travel. I need to see my family. So I was like, wait a minute, I probably need to not go the corporate route. I probably need to do something more like entrepreneurial. And then I also started to notice that I'd been working with entrepreneurs. Like I'd been joining startups that my friends from college would recruit me to and things like that. And I was like, I really like being around these innovative, smart, you know, like um, disruptor type of people. It hadn't yet occurred to me that I wanted to be one myself, but I was like, I like that vibe, you know? And then I eventually got into fitness. I just went to a boot camp class and the owner of the company was like, you should come be a trainer. And I was like, work out for free. Sounds good. I'm in, you know, and I did that. And then I started to feel like, okay, this is close. It's not quite it. It's close. And I was like, it's not nutrition. It's not exercise, but there's something about this, like helping people find their inner strength thing that feels pretty, I didn't even know coaching was a thing at that point. So I'm still like bumbling around and be like going into detective mode. And I eventually got to my point, this is like my late twenties where I would change my mind so often. Like Monday, I would be like, you know what? No, I just need to be a normal person. I need to go to freaking like Salesforce, get like, start at the bottom, climb the ladder, just <laughs> be a normal human, do the American dream. Like, come on, Sandra, get it together. Tuesday, I'd be like, wait, no, but like, I'm an entrepreneur. I should start my own thing. I need to, you know, like be innovative. And I'm a visionary. The next day I'd be like, I grew up in LA. I kind of always wanted to be an actor or like a dancer or a singer. I'm an artist. God damn it. You know? And the next day I'd be like, what am I doing? I'm young and free. I should like go travel for a year. And the next day I'd be like, there's this program in France called NCAD. It's like an executive MBA and there's people from all over the world. Like I'm this global citizen. And then Saturday I would be just absolutely exhausted and like sobbing on the bathtub floor, just being, cause I was like mentally all over the place, yeah. desperately wanting to figure it out, but I just couldn't figure out how to figure it out. And I finally was like, okay, like literally my only job right now is to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. I don't care how long it takes. I can't just get a job for a paycheck. I have to do something that's meaningful. I clearly can't do the nine to five thing. So like, let me just be a detective. So I was like, I'm going to just be a detective as long as it takes until I figure it out. And then I started noticing the clues. Once I was really open to it, I was like, I'm in the fitness world. I'm seeing a lot of people who are kind of doing their own thing. They seem to have a lot of freedom. They seem to like their lifestyle and they're helping people. And then I noticed that all those people were coaches. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what is this coaching thing? Come on. And then I started sitting those people down and like interrogating them and taking notes and being like, okay, let me see about this coaching thing. I eventually found this uh, program called Well Coaches, which was like a health coach angle, which made sense logically. This is me trying to be a logical person, even though I'm clearly not. And I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm in fitness. I should do health coaching. Didn't fit at all. It was like very nutrition based. It was for dietitians and people with science backgrounds. And I was like, I don't really care about helping someone lower their cholesterol or like 
preventative, you know, diabetes, whatever. I was just like, I want to, I want to help them figure out what their dreams are and go after them. And then that eventually led me to a company called, uh, it's now called the Coactive Training Institute. I signed up. It took me like three false starts before I actually started. I started and it, I walked, I remember the night before I was like studying some of the material and I panicked and I was like, what if I go there tomorrow and it's also not a fit? Like, will I ever find my thing? You know? And I was like a little anxious that I might never find my thing. Mm -hmm. And then I walked in the next morning and I immediately would like, I got this wave of just like, I'm home. These are my people and haven't looked back since. I love it. I love it. And that's the thing, you know, the intuitive path to find your calling is often like that. It's, it's going down these dead end roads and going on detours and learning about yourself and realizing what's truly important to you until the divine timing shows up to whoop, now it's time. Now you're activated. And I don't think we can really change much of that other than how we dance with it, right? Like how we, how we deal with that uncertainty and, and trust that, that something is coming and do the work in the meantime. It sounds like you did, which was, uh, you know, very cool. And you, I was laughing because you reminded me of me as well. Back then I had so many, I didn't even think about, I still don't think of myself as an entrepreneur, but all these ideas of different things I could do, different businesses, different creative things I could do, different ways I could help people. Um, until it was like, no, this spiritual stuff, this is what you do. And uh, everything else is like, do it as a hobby, but this is what you do. And the more and more I did it, the more clear it got. So I think and to anybody out there listening that's struggling, like with all the bouncing thoughts, you know, that's that's definitely something to think about. Just give it time, let it settle, quiet your mind and feel that yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, so you also mentioned uh, that, you know, you're very spiritually sensitive. Um, you had uh, you, HSP, you've got a lot going on in that realm. And also in real life, the people around you, maybe it's family, friends, or, you know, professional groups have not been so much. So can you share what it's been like for you to navigate those spaces with your spiritual sensitivity? Yeah, I would say growing up, um, I wasn't really thinking about anything related to spirituality. I grew up in, you know, just kind of like classic traditional American mainstream, like people either went to church and they were religious or they were not into that. Um, I came from, so originally from Sweden and then also the family I grew up in, my step family that I grew up with in LA, no one was really religious. I kind of grew up like pretty atheist, agnostic-ish, had some friends who went to church who I would kind of like tag along with, but I I always felt like, not really my thing, but like good for them. (laughs) And then in high school, I like somehow found some people that like, I ended up kind of falling into like the Bible study youth group crowd, which uh, probably was really positive for the most part. I never really resonated with the actual teachings and the messagings other than I would be in some sort of a, you know, religious community building is usually youth group or like a church camp or something. And is when everyone started singing Mm -hmm. and I would look around And, you know, and I'm in that like self-conscious high school, like, you know, assuming everyone's judging me, assuming I'm not cool enough for anything kind of place in my life. And I would look around and I would see like the cool kids, especially the guys singing worship songs and crying. Mm. And I was like, huh, there is something to this. And like the, that particular religion didn't resonate me, but I was like this whole kind of like sacred, like presence where people are singing and they're opening up and they're feeling something they're feeling a connection to whatever it is they believe I don't even really care I was just like that to me was the beginning of something where I was like oh there's something more that I want to connect to 
music's always been a huge kind of conduit for that too. Um, and then like, yeah, twenties didn't really think that much about it, but then it was more like as I got into the entrepreneurial world and I started connecting more with online business owners and other entrepreneurs. And there were more people who were kind of like in like the woo space where I recognized that I, there was something missing that I had always been drawn to. I just never really known what to, to call it. Like I grew up reading, you know, like Celestine prophecy and the secret and all of those kinds of books, but I hadn't, I just like, wasn't really connecting any dots. And I'd always grown up as, you know, if you ask anybody who knew me growing up, they would say I was like the nice girl. They would say I was shy. They would say I was quiet. And I took a lot of those things to be actually negative judgment. I like, I thought they were character flaws. I was like, oh, I'm too nice. I'm too quiet. Mm. AKA I'm boring. AKA I'm like too like vanilla. And I'm just kind of <laughs> like blah in the corner, you know? And like, I was also such a people pleaser that I was like doing all these mental gymnastics to try to fit into every possible situation and be like the least annoying version of a human that I could be in any context, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I convinced myself like, oh, I'm just a chameleon. You know, this is like a great life skill. I can fit in anywhere. But really I was just losing myself chronically in every situation because I was trying so hard to mm. conform. But through it all, I, I was very shy, but it was less that I was shy. It was more that I was just sensitive you know, I was a huge introvert, but I didn't have the verbiage for that. I didn't know how to label that or what it was or anything. So again, I was just kind of like, oh, this is just like the broken part of me. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until later, probably in my mid twenties or so that I started learning more about sensitivity and HSP and empaths and even just the like groundbreaking concept of being an introvert versus an extrovert. I'm probably an extroverted introvert, but I'm like, Same. oh my God, I need so much alone time. <laughs> and once I started recognizing that and then just setting the boundaries and training my world to know that I need that, like, you know, complete game changer. Yeah. And, but now I still, I mean, still to this day, it's kind of like, I feel like I live in two worlds. It's like one foot is in the like normal, modern, mainstream culture that I kind of grew up in, like very like, you know, upper middle class, like word slash relatively affluent people who are just nine to five. They do the, they just like live normal, modern life. And maybe some of them are like kind of religious, but very few of them are like super spiritual. And it's just like the normal stuff. And then I live in like the entrepreneur world online, which is just chock full of spiritual entrepreneurs and like every imaginable flavor of woo that you want to get into. And I love that stuff now and I embrace it. And I recognize that it's like my two worlds don't necessarily always like get along or communicate well to each other. So I love being like living in both worlds and dancing back and forth. I can go hang out with a super woo people and I can go hang out with like the just totally normal mainstream people. And I love like introducing them to each other and like, you know, just doing a little bit of like <laughs> wizardry and bringing people who are open to it, like across the bridge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'm 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 very similar in terms of, you know, all of that. And I think a lot of people that are very intuitive or are called to help and serve, we can kind of shape shift and connect with lots of different people. And it's about learning that that can be our superpower and our strength and a gift that we offer instead of the weakness that makes us too quiet, too, you know, too nice, et cetera, et cetera. It's like switching that polarity so that it's useful um, as, a, as a healing and a helping tool and a, and a bridge. Yeah. I, I love how you describe that. So, um, so you mentioned that that people pleasing part was something that held you back a bit. Um, and maybe even, you know, that kind of, maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do that, maybe I'll do that. I don't know about you, but for me, it was like, 
<clears throat> for a little while, well, what will make my parents proud or what will make my edu education worth it? You know, so let me plug that in. And sometimes we got to scrap that and say, no, what's going to make us happy? What are we, what do we come here to do? Um, but you said that you've done a really good job, not people pleasing anymore, but you still have trouble people pleasing with the people closest to you. So you mentioned your greatest supporter, your husband, sometimes you find yourself falling into that trap again. Can you share about yeah. that and what that's like for you being someone that helps people not do stuff like that and yet still, uh, still struggle with it? Yeah. I, my husband, Chris and I, we, we talk about it a lot and we joke about it too, because I'm like, He's like, you know, like I'm, I'm here to be your teacher to help you be able to have a thicker skin so that you can handle all the haters when you're like, you know, huge and famous. And I'm like, yes, but I was like, after 10 years of doing this, I have gotten to a point where I really genuinely, like, I have so much just, uh, I've spent so much time working on owning who I am and being okay with all my things and letting people think what they want and like releasing the need to be liked and loved and all of that. So I'm like, I actually feel like I could handle the haters right now. Like give me a bunch of internet haters screaming at me and I will have nothing but compassion for them. So I'm like anyone who's spending their time doing that, I'm like, they're probably not very happy internally. So like, I actually just want the best for them and I hope they heal and whatever. Whereas I'm like, if I feel like my husband who he and I spend a lot of time together, cause I work from home and he works from home and we're like up in each other's business all the time. We get along so well. And there's like still so many little moments where I just, I notice myself like falling into this deeply ingrained desire to just, it's more like I defer to him. Mm -hmm. He's definitely the stronger personality. He's like, he's a very quick decision maker. He, I'm the like, I want to make everyone happy. I want to consider every option and da, 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 you know, and feel into like, it. Got to feel into yeah. it. He's just like, here's my preference. What do you want? And I'm like, Ooh, but what does he want? You know, it's this whole like, <laughs> thing. and all he wants is for me to be my most powerful, empowered version where I just like say what I want and I go for it. And I know that intellectually, but to like really get it into my nervous system, into my like conditioned response, like we've been together for 11 years and I've been working on it the whole time and it's gotten so much better, but it, it's still like, it shocks me how often it shows up and I catch myself doing it. And I'm like, no, don't <laughs> do it. It's too late. God damn it. I did it again. <laughs> Mostly we can laugh about it these days, but it's still, I'm just like, wow, it's fascinating to me that I've worked through so much of it with like all the strangers on the internet, all the other people in my life. And then the person who loves me the most, who is the most unconditionally supportive, but also who it's like, I value his opinion of me more than anyone else. So it's the hardest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's that wild. last, that last bit. And, and so many times the, you know, our relational dynamics, we inherit from, you know, societal stuff, you know, the man and woman's place. And that's certainly being shaken up in these last few generations. And also, you know, whatever you saw with your parents, you know, may have maybe influencing 100%. some of that. And it's like, well, this is what love is. This is what a wife does and um, all this stuff. So I, I understand what it's like to deprogram all of that, those things. And, and very cool that you guys can laugh about it. I think that's such an important part of these transitions that we go through inside of relationships to not, yeah. you know, say, well, if I'm going to change and grow stronger, I can't be with you because, you know, this dynamic is too much unless it's truly toxic or abusive. You know, there's always something that can be worked out and you can see how you're teaching each other. And hopefully he sees what you teach him too. 
<laughs> totally. Yeah. We, I mean, we laugh about this one as it, we're like, this is the final frontier. Once, once we can just get past this part, like <laughs> all bets are off. Like a perfect example was this is silly, but we're, we're looking for a new place right now. And we went to go, we went to an open house and just checked out this house. And I was wearing a tank top with a puffy vest over it. And right before we got out the car, and he like, he doesn't give it, you know, he doesn't care at all about what I wear. He's very supportive of whatever, but he just made some offhand comment about like, oh, are you going to wear that? Like, that looks kind of silly. And normally I would just immediately take it off without thinking again, because it's like, I don't want to be judged by him, even though I don't care at all. But I looked at him and I was like, no, I like it. I'm going to wear it. And then I just <laughs> got right. out of the car. We did the thing. We got back in. He's like, by the way, when you said that, and you just disagreed with me and you just owned it, like you did, he was like. That was amazing. I love it. That's that's awesome. Thank you. Making progress. <laughs> yes, we're making yeah. progress. Making progress. I caught myself with my husband um, when I, we first moved in together. Like, and I, it was really great because the codependent tendencies weren't there with him, and it was like you're me, you're you, and I'm me, and that's great, and that's this is the first relationship. That's that's not an issue. And so, but when we moved in together, I'm like, I'm thinking about making this for dinner. And uh, is that, you know, inside I'm like, people pleaser, people pleaser. Is that okay with him? That's what I want. And then uh, I just would stop and I go, and you're going to like it. <laughs> I love that. You know, and just just turn it, turn it into a total joke. And he would laugh and said, all right, then I'm going to like it. So I think that's one way that we can, we can stop ourselves in that moment to say, hmm, yeah, like find your center, say you're going to like it, I'm going to like it and everything's going to be fine that that eliminates the judgment completely. Yeah. I'm I'm practicing just like checking in with myself like what do I actually want right now and then just like reducing the the amount of time that I deliberate because it's the deliberation which then sends me into old habits. I'm just like what do I want? Go for it. What do I want? Go for it. Don't overthink it. Just go for it. That's own right. it. Like recognize it and just own it. Feel the yes. And I think the mm -hmm. other thing about that is when you're not super um logic, I mean, I'm not saying we're illogical, but more intuitive based and more somatically based. It's like, well, we don't have a reason why we want to do this thing or we like it. it just feels like the right thing to do. And we don't have an explanation for it. And I think um, building confidence in that, that that is your decision making process is, is so important. And that's something that I talk about with my clients all the time. It's like, just feel the yes and go with it. And then who knows what's going to happen next, but you know, you're in integrity and that's all you need to know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you mentioned too, that, um, sometimes you struggle with, uh, FOMO distraction, especially in business, wanting to learn from mentors and learn lots of different things. I certainly understand that and uh, fear of judgment as well. So, um, as usual, I'd love to give my guests a reading on, on their current challenge, but would you like to share a little bit about that before we go into that? Yeah, man. I mean, having been in the online business space for 10 years now, and especially in the age of social media, it's so easy to, even if I'm like, my priorities right now are one, two, and three, but then I, you know, spend five minutes on Instagram while I'm having a coffee and I see people who I look up to, who I really, you know, I, I, uh, I look up to them as a role model. I like their branding. I like, and I see them doing something that I'm not doing. And immediately the FOMO is like, oh, but wait, but what if I do that? And then it's like, you know, the shiny object syndrome is so intense sometimes. And when you're watching someone's highlight reel, of course, you think to yourself, what if I could have that? And what if that's the key? Like, there's always this like, oh, what if that is the thing that's going to unlock, you know, the next level for me? And I'm always kind of looking like how to up level, what's the next level, what's the next level? 
And there's, you know, there's a lot of really sexy marketing on the internet. There's a lot of people who are really good at branding and who are doing a lot of cool things. And that doesn't mean that I need to go do all of them and certainly not all at the same time, you know, and I've worked with a lot of business coaches and mentors and been in business masterminds. I recognize that there are so many strategies, most of them work. And as an entrepreneur, I have to decide which ones I'm working on, like which ones, like one at a time, you know, mm-hmm. and where I'm putting my energy and my focus and what I'm prioritizing. And then just be able to like, almost kind of put on the blinders, appreciate what other people are doing, maybe add it to like a someday, maybe list. Yes. But just as like, this is what I'm doing right now. I'm going to just focus on what I'm doing and let the rest go. But it is hard sometimes. I get it. I get it. I know a lot of people out there feeling it too. And it's, it is pervasive. It's just like every other ad, especially if you look at one strategy, you're going to get 50 strategies and uh, it can, it can wreak havoc on our, our intuition and what we know we need because they're all, you say, Hey, I would like a new way to uh, put myself out there and then there's 50 ways to do it. It's it's yeah. so important to stay. And what I'm seeing for you in your cards here is to honor your your um, your experience and your like you said you feel like a grandma in the space. <laughs> like you've been around the block. You've been around a long time. You've done this. It's your experience is a huge asset to you. And the more that you focus in on that and share everything that you've learned and and let that glow, let that shine. Um, that, that really is enough, but sometimes you'll feel like, oh, I've got to do this other thing. When in fact, these people are doing the shiny thing and, and kind of showing up on social media or showing up in ads and doing these things because they don't necessarily have that experience yet. It's like, they're throwing that at, they have that part, but not what you have. That, does that make mm, sense? Totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that richness, you know, of, of when they're, when you're actually working with you, you might actually get a lot more than if you're working with the gajillion dollar coach over there that started two years ago. <laughs> that makes so, a lot of sense too. Just I'm really into human design right now. I'm a two, four generator and the two, the like, what's it called? Like, it's like the easy breezy genius or something. And I think part of the two is that like the things that you're good at, it's hard to, it's hard for you to explain why you're good at them. You just kind of are. And you need to trust that is like the general message, yes. at least the way I've interpreted it. And I'm like, there's a lot. I'm like, I forget that I have been doing this for a long time. I have many hundreds of clients under my belt. Like I'm good at it. And I don't necessarily need to go chasing every new marketing strategy that's out there. Exactly. And, and it's, it is one of those things where people have to experience it to, to know. So almost your testimonials, if you're getting testimonials, that's one of the best ways to put, you know, kind of put that out there. Like let everybody speak for me (laughs) because you know, that referral basis is going to be huge for you. It probably already is. And I feel like you, you, you've built in the past, you've really worked on your confidence and it's come from, um, it does feel like there's some familial or ancestral issues with shining or showing up um, more loudly and proudly. And I feel like you've really conquered that and learned how to work with manifestation techniques to get to where you are now. Again, I'm seeing you do have everything you need to succeed. Sometimes you just need to use it differently. So as you're looking for new strategies and and looking for mentors to study under, say, how can I develop this thing that I'm already good at? How can I utilize this, but not learning brand new things that are out of of left field? (laughs) I like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. That feels like the biggest obstacle is just to trust. And then I see the more you get into your heart and do the energetic stuff, the better off you are because there is a lot that fear of judgment or wanting to show up like other people do. Um, you're definitely transforming 
an old part of the self and it's it's a part that's all of us have it's a survival mechanism to blend or to um be in with the cool kids you know this kind of thing and it's like all right now you you even said it earlier that you're just realizing like that's not really what i need anymore and that's not really where i am so the more that you allow yourself to shine and trust yourself to create um original strategies and original things from your intuition that's where you're going next i feel like there's there's something big coming for you, but it's just about really trusting yourself and knowing that you'll get around obstacles as they show up. Uh, that resonates a lot. Yeah, definitely. The more I trust my intuition, the more things, you know, synchronicity show up, the more things flow, the more fun it is. Yes. And the more everything just kind of works out, the more I trust that I've been practicing lately, just like saying little kind of like fun, flippant things to, especially to my husband, where I'm just like, today's going to be a good day. You know, and I'm just like making a declaration. And then inevitably when I decide that it's amazing how much things just kind of flow and they work do. out. It's like mm -hmm. magic. It's like magic. Mm -hmm. I think that's, and we can talk, we could do a whole nother podcast on this, but when it comes to manifestation, one thing I think doesn't get talked about enough is that it's not our mind's desires that we manifest. We do say, oh, we'd like to feel better, more abundant, or we'd like to travel more and more adventure. But it's our intuition that leads us there. So we'll start to think that the mind has to make these decisions, but it's really like, no, we go with the feeling. That's the GPS that will lead us to what we're wanting to create. So I just want to throw that out there for listeners. I'm sure you already know that, but. <laughs> There's such an opportunity to trust. And I think so many of us have spent our entire lives looking outside of ourselves to, for the guidance and for the validation and the confirmation. And am I doing it right? And am I okay? And am I good enough? And the more we, we look inward and just decide to trust over and over, then the louder that guidance gets. Yes. And the more we listen to it, the more it's like, oh, good, you're listening. Okay. Here's the next little breadcrumb. And here's the next little clue. And like, oh, what if you go over here? And then we're like, oh, all right. I like, <laughs> I like where I'm going to, you're going to turn it like turn down the dial on all the external noise, turn yeah. down the dial on like my, you know, ego and all of that. I'm going to turn up the dial on this like soft little whisper. That is my intuition. Perfect. Perfect way to end this episode. I love it. That's just, yes, you are speaking the language. So thank you so much for being here today, Sandra. Such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And where can people find you if they're interested in learning more about you? So I am very easy to find because I'm literally the only one of me, uh, like me is my name. Obviously everyone's the only one of them, but I'm the only person with my name <laughs> as far as I know in the world. So you can Google Sandra Possing, S-A-N-D-R-A-P-O-S-S-I-N-G, and you'll find me on all the things. I'm, I'm at Sandra Possing on all the social media platforms. And my website is www.sandrapossing.com. And I mostly hang out on Instagram. Very nice. Thanks a lot for sharing your light today. Such a joy to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. And thanks guys for listening. We'll catch you next time. Hey there, I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to hear more from our wise and wonderful guests, make sure you subscribe for daily interview content. And here's three ways I can help empower your wisdom for free. Number one, grab your copy of my Empower Your Life workbook. It will help you honor your inner voice, make way for new visions, and live with intention. Go to empoweredwisdomshow.com forward slash workbook to get your copy today. Two, if you're a woman with a well-established business or career and your intuition is nudging you to go in a more spiritual direction, we want to interview you on this show. Head to EmpoweredWisdomShow.com. Three, listen and subscribe to our sister podcast, The Empowered Wisdom Hour, for free teachings, guided meditation, and channeled wisdom to help you thrive. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, and most major podcast platforms. 
At Empowered Wisdom Coaching, we help intuitive, spiritual, and high-achieving women who feel disempowered by self-doubt and relationship patterns realize their power and go for what they want without holding back. If you're ready to release doubt, fear, and disempowering relationships so you can follow your calling and your bliss the intuitive way, book a call to see how I can help. Go to mollymccartney.com forward slash chat.